0: Sunji, hi to all of the topical city podcast listeners. My name's Richard. I'm going to be your host for this one. And I'm joined today by the one and only Cameron. How are you, Cameron, mate? That's
1: me. I'm good. Thank
0: you. How are you doing? Just generally, everything all right oh, in yourself?
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant just like in, in podcast ways, but generally, shy. Yeah.
0: I've started just asking people how they are twice. So that once you get past the veneer of uh, the facade of, yeah, all right, mate. And then it's just <laughs> like <laughs> everybody's multitude of feelings just start, comes pouring out. <laughs>
1: you pulled this, it out of me. Like, you know, you squeezed me like a grape.
0: In this Therapy City podcast. <laughs> you unzip me. You unzip me. Well, you know what, Cameron? Very similar to Pep Guardiola before the Southampton game, I put a call out to all of our listeners to tune in to our podcast but then very much like Manchester City against Southampton some of us just haven't shown up
1: yeah also will be shit yeah
0: (laughs) we are missing James uh our Etty lads partner I'm not sure how long he'll be out of commission for but we are gonna have to put him on the injury list and but while we're here let's say congratulations to James and his partner Lizzie on their birth of the firstborn child Freddie
1: congratulations So, do you want me to say anything else it's, uh, it's it's very good we've seen him he's a, he's a very cute baby uh, and uh, we're sure we'll see him soon I'm sure we'll have him on the podcast before too long I can't talk any less sense than his dad
0: can he? <laughs> I like how I really put it on them to so have like multiple kids with the birth <laughs> of their first born <laughs> it's here now it's in, it's, yeah. in, it's in concrete the gauntlet has been laid down guys <laughs> Get to
1: it. Speaking <laughs> it's been, it's been of the, a week
0: uh, and a half now. Speaking of the gauntlet being laid down, uh, here's the itinerary for this week's podcast. We're going to do a quick review of the previous matches. So Southampton game at the Etihad and the Wickham game at the Etihad. Two very different results on that one. We're still going to go ahead with a bit of a mystery game. You know, it would be unfair not to allow Cameron to gain any Etihad's points uh, just because he's here on his own today with me as the host. And then we're going to do a bumper Chelsea preview because it's going to be tomorrow uh, on Saturday when this comes out. So we'll have a big look at that game, see where the fine margins might be, uh, how this could hugely impact, not just like a big week ahead for Manchester City, but like a big season ahead. But before we do that, let's go into the Etty Lads table. So I picked up a well-earned point from the Wickham game when I predicted a Phil Foden goal. I obviously wasn't getting the line-up right for that one.
1: No, fuck that. No. Who, who could have predicted that back then?
0: <laughs> and who, who else picked up a point, Cam? Was it you? James picked up
1: a point. I was pointless, I think, for the first time uh, this season.
0: The streak is going to start off. So the Eti lads say, we've got James out in front on five, Cameron in second on four, and then I'm bringing up the break. With just two Etty Lads points, so I really need to start pulling some, pulling some performances out of the bag and kicking on my season.
1: I think so. Uh, maybe we'll come back to that uh, in part two of the uh, part two of the podcast. Ooh. Stay tuned. Uh, wow. I have a, a new segment before we talk about Southampton. So oh, if yeah. you can put, if you can put, like do you know, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? But like the theme from that. But put it so it says, "Where in the world are you?"
0: <laughs> That's Cameron, song. this is going to be the least effort of any editing that I've ever put into. i podcast. just pod sing it. And then. You sing it. Again. Put it in. Uh,
1: so I don't know I that know. song. Shall
0: I? Can I sing "Old Town Road"?
1: I'll, okay, I yeah, do that instead. That's fine. Um, so I've been looking at the analytics of the podcast, I'm surprisingly, according to that, unless we got spoofers galore. There's the people all around the world that do listen to the Topical City podcast. So I wanted to start shouting out specific places. <laughs> oh, nice one. Because it's 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 very, very accurate, I think. So I want to say if you live in Santiago del Estero, I've butchered that. I don't know
0: Can I else. guess where
1: these places are? All right, yeah. Where's where's Santiago del Estero? Is it in Chile? You're very close. Very, Argentina. Very close. It's in Argentina. Oh. If you if you live there, give us a you know give us a message on on Twitter. Tweet us, uh let us know that you're listening. Uh, and thank you for listening as well. That and was it, it. That was insane. <laughs> is that
0: the only is that the only country? Or are you going to do a new one? Anyway, time? Yeah, well, spoiler alert: there's not that many. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so,
0: so. Well, you know what, actually. What I really wanted to watch some Argentinian TV last week, so I did set my VPN near uh, Buenos Aires. So if that's where Santiago
1: del Piero
0: is. uh, Let's have a look. Uh,
1: No, it's about, it's a while away from Buenos Aires, so I think uh, we're all right. I'm sure it's not just one of us setting our location somewhere else,
0: (laughs) listening back to our own stuff. Uh, So we'll, we'll go into the Southampton game, then camp. Uh, your predicted lineup that you had for that one, you were doing the predictions. You got the entire defence right, mate. Uh, Edison, Walker, Ake, Diaz, Cancelo. Uh, midfield, it,
1: would, it was... It got that as well, wasn't it? Because uh, we didn't know the Portland Stones were injured at that point, didn't we?
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. That was a good call, that one, mate. You also predicted Fernandinho's start. Well done. You also predicted an Ilkay Gundogan start. They both played. Uh, however, Kevin De Bruyne didn't play. We had our best mate, uh, Bernardo Silva, in there, or Brunardo. It's fine by me. And then the you had a predicted forward line of Jesus, Torres and Grealish, and it turned out to be Jesus, Sterling and Grealish. So not too many there, just the two wrong. Good shout, mate.
1: I think it's all right at the start of the season, isn't it? can't really sniff at two wrong.
0: This game was really fucking difficult. Um, I was in the ground. It was my first time at the Etihad so far this season. So the games that I've seen City live is a 1-0 loss to Spurs <laughs> in the opening game <laughs> of the season and a 0-0 draw with Southampton. So all the games where we've not picked up points, essentially.
1: But Every game I've watched at my mum's since the lockdown, Wesley was over, we've lost or played absolutely dreadfully and drawn. So it may be, that may not be, it may be that more than anything, because the two games I've been to this season, we smashed six goals in both times. <laughs> so it can't be that. But yeah, every game I've won the Champions League final, uh, I think there was a game before that, and then this Southampton game, absolutely shocking across the board, I'm afraid. So was there anything in that
0: lineup then that you thought led to us having such a shocker? Because there was quite a few players who just didn't seem to step up step up to the plate.
1: I'll be honest, I've put it out of my mind more, more than not. <laughs> um, I did think, looking at the lineup, I thought that was a very winnable side. What I do remember from it was, I don't, everybody jerked off Southampton like they played a blind. And I did think it was more down to that we were shy yeah. more than anything else. Uh, we just weren't getting anywhere with anything. So I, I don't know why people thought Southampton were playing amazing. One thing I do remember was people saying, um, and this might have been also included with the game before that Cancelo was amazing. Mm. I think I remember texting you about it, that, that Cancelo was just on fire. And I was like, am I watching the same fucking game? Because <laughs> against Leipzig, which I don't think we talked about in the podcast, against Leipzig, Angelino had him on toast the whole game. Like yeah. He scored a goal. He was shocking defending. Uh, and then against... Um, Southampton as well, I don't think he did, he fared much better, to be honest. He was wasteful, and I, I, that's my big takeaway from it was, I love Cancelo, don't get me wrong, uh, but those two games were certainly not evidence of him being, you know, better than Carl Walker for a start. Uh, I do remember
0: now the big Well, <laughs> Well, just, just sticking um, with Cancelo, I, I think yeah. it was a bit bizarre that Pep played him on the right of the defence against Leipzig, just because Angelino seemed to be the threat, and maybe it's just because he's a former City player so we know a bit more about him, but you'd have put Angelino at the front of your mind as like one of the big attacking threats. And to have a player who doesn't spend a lot of time in defence, who spends a bit more time up front there on the right-hand side to like counteract him did seem a bit odd. And you know maybe that's why we were a bit more vulnerable. But as you said then against Southampton, it's Kyle Walker who plays there and <laughs> gives away a penalty, which um, referee John Moss uh, obviously gives the penalty, gives Kyle Walker a straight red card. It's then overturned by VAR, the penalty and the card. Where was your head at with that at the time, watching that on TV? I,
1: I, I think we got very lucky. <laughs> I, I I don't see any way cut the way you got the ball. I didn't. I don't think he even touched the ball, and yeah. I think. I did think a red was harsh because I thought Diaz was level with him. So I don't think it was a last man back challenge. But I, I think they could feel very aggrieved that he didn't get a penalty for it. So I think he's, he's, he's not put a foot wrong for like a year and a half, so I won't go too hard in on him. But that was, especially because he gave the ball away to start with. That was absolutely shocking.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so I was in the third tier at the South Stand. And so we were like right above it. And for me, it was a penalty all day long. Like as soon as the challenge went in, I just said that there was, you know, you get the groans of everyone around and because it's just something against our team, nobody accepts that it could possibly be a penalty. But I was just like, yeah, pen, definite penalty. Yeah. So then uh, <laughs> I'm the one who's embarrassed around when... Everyone who was angrily shouting was right, and I was wrong because it gets overturned. But no, for me, penalty, but not a red card. Don't even know where the red card comes in there. He's not the last man. Exactly. That's that's why I was so confused. Dangerous challenge. Very, very odd decision from the referee there, but we benefited from it. I guess the reason why I asked you out of the lineup if there was anybody who, you know, stood out to you as having a poor game was because you didn't go for Sterling in your predicted team, but Pep put him kind of uh, versatile role as like false nine, but also sort of switching over with Jesus in the right. There was a lot of hostility to Sterling in the stadium, particularly around where I was sat throughout the entirety of the game. And I mean, he didn't have a great game, but uh, I guess not being around that toxic atmosphere. Did you sort of see that on TV as well, a bit more analytically? Or
1: I think it's no no difference. Still, again, toxically abused at the Etihad. Did it like every time I go, even during the midweek, there were people around me just, why is he playing? Why why is he? Oh, he's done it again. Like all oh, this sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't think he had a terrible game. I don't think he had a good game, but then again. He had no worse a game than anybody else. And I think it's just a, a cumulative effect of having so many poor games, Yeah, maybe. But I, I think over the last two games, the Wiccan game especially, he's been a, a little bit brighter. And even if he's not getting that last time... I, I think also the, the problem a lot of people have with him is that they think that... And maybe rightly, I, I don't know, but they they... He stopped us winning because he took it off Phil's foot. Um,
0: I was going to say if it obviously Foden's not offside in that scenario, is he? Because he's the one who's played the ball, so he can't play himself offside. But if yeah. he just lets Foden tap that in, but I, I don't blame him in a way because for City, definitely not for England, but for City, it does feel like he's a bit low on confidence, and maybe he needed that goal more than anybody else. So,
1: but also on top of that when I, when i saw it i don't understand the offside rule again because what they were saying was they were giving a lot more leeway to the attacker in those situations and it was only an inch of his boot that was offside so is that
0: so all they've done effectively is made the line that they do that um that they do the graphics with a bit thicker and that essentially if you're within that line then you aren't uh, then you aren't offside but if any part of you is beyond that line like even by the most minute thing so but what was bizarre to me is seeing that because they didn't show the VAR decision in the ground which pisses oh, me dead. off so fucking much because why do the people who are sat at home have a better view of what's happening where you've paid tickets to, to go to a ground like they're, VAR's there to make the right call so it's not a contentious decision it's the right call so show that on the screens for the fans yeah. to see
1: Well, they did, had... we didn't even get it at home from what I remember the, the line, I don't remember him showing the lines right, at all. Right. that's what confused me so much because I thought I like they were just doing it and, and because he was basically on line with Defender, it set his foot, I thought but maybe there's a chance here but they didn't even show the lines so I had no bloody idea
0: we were very, very unlucky.
1: and But ultimately, I
0: don't think that we did enough on the day to deserve the win. So I'm not going to go on a Richard rant about it and, and create some more conspiracy theories. But ins- instead, we will move on. So I was at the Southampton game, Cameron. You went to the League Cup game. What I were did. your particular highlights? Because it looks, uh, sounds like there was many, to be fair. Uh, it, was, it was
1: seeing the team on it. it was, like the whole yeah. point of the Carabao Cup third round, fourth round is that you get to see all the youth players have a go. I was surprised at how many there were because he doesn't usually even start that many when we do one of these games.
0: And with the youth under-23s or the EDS or whatever having a game themselves that same day, like earlier in the day.
1: Exactly, kneecapping them (laughs) in their (laughs) own game. Um, It was was sad not to see Dalat play, especially because he was fit. Um, And especially because we want him around the team so much. But... That back five, not including Stefan, it was, yeah. it was great to see him. And, and the highlight was throughout the whole game, none of them put... I mean, I, I don't remember the, the first goal. It was a scrappy first goal for them. And I didn't see if anybody was at fault from the angle that I was at. But the rest of the game, apart from Akin Fed, bullying them to headers a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, none of them put... A foot wrong and some of them were actually really impressive like Mbete was really impressive um Wilson Esbrand on on the left back I was
0: going to say it's we're very very lucky that he put in a good performance there like hopefully I mean we've drawn West Ham in the next round so you would expect maybe a bit more of a stronger team to start I'm not sure what the fixtures uh congestion is around that so we'll we'll have to take a look I'm sure the Derby's. uh the Derby's the first week of November, so we, we might be all right. Yeah, I'm not saying he's the... As well.
1: I'm not saying he's the, you know, he's the go-to second-choice left-back, but I'm saying he's worth a punt in bigger games before we go out and spend £70 million on like yes. or something. So it'd be nice to see him get some smaller games in the Premier League, because um, he, he was quick, he was taking people on, he... His crossing was not an aimless punt into the box. It, it seemed picked out. Um, you said Lavia as well. I, I, I was very impressed with Lavia. Like, um, he was um, getting into the right spots. He got a classic Fernandinho yellow. Uh, he, he was great. <laughs> the one person who wasn't as impressed, it seemed, uh, that I noticed was uh, Kevin. <laughs> like Kevin De Bruyne was constantly like, when, when they were attacking, and he wanted an option just behind him, like pointing to the ground, and telling Blavia like, get in this position. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I watched there was a point where he literally stopped playing with the ball to tell him to get into position. <laughs> so other than that, I thought he was great. I didn't see much of the other centre back whose name escapes me right now. Finley Burns. Finley Burns. But I did towards the second half because he was on that side coming up. Um he was really good. He was really tidy on the ball. And then the right back, whose name also escapes me. <laughs> Egan Riley, is it? Egan Riley. He he didn't do much in the first half, but during the second half was really, really good. Uh, and then, of course, Cole Palmer comes on and, and toe pokes it. Oh, that
0: goal. Outside <laughs> uh, yeah. the box. Um, it was, was like great. Kevin's first, Kevin's goal, the, the opening goal where he sort of just casually, like seems to just lift the ball slightly to curl it just around everybody. Felt like Palmer did a very similar thing for his one, but with the other foot, like to the other corner. So... I like the parallels there for sure.
1: Very happy to see him score. And then McAtee got a classic left-back start. Um, left back game. I uh, didn't see him do much because <laughs> he was right on the other corner of the pitch to me the whole time. Um, so I was a bit upset. I was upset that De Bruyne stayed on, to be honest, um, as long as he... Well, I say as long as he did. He was on for the 90 minutes. Um, I didn't see the point in taking the left-back off to mm. bring McAtee on. Uh, so but,
0: so that actually leads me pretty neatly onto the next question. Like out of the guys who played in the Wickham game, do you see any of them staying on? Even the the, the main guys like Torres, Maris, Sterling, do you see anybody staying on for the Chelsea game or were they played in that game as pure rotation so that everyone's fresh for Chelsea?
1: I didn't like think about it in that way because, you know, when I was thinking about a lineup, obviously it's not my lineup, but... Um, but when I was thinking about a lineup, I pretty much agreed with what you're going to say down the line. So, yeah, but maybe I don't see any of those playing, especially, like, I, I felt like if Kevin was playing, he would have been took off for 60, 65 minutes. Yeah, So exactly. Yeah, I, I'm a bit, but it's like, I know it's Wickham, but do you drop Mara's after scoring two assists in one and four and after scoring one assist in two? Like, <laughs> uh, it's difficult, but they, but they all played the full game. And you you don't feel like they'd do that if they were going to play against Chelsea. So who knows? Start of the season, maybe they're fit enough.
0: We'll go through our big preview for the Chelsea game very shortly. But for now, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll have ourselves a little mystery game.
1: You're listening to the Topical City Podcast. Disagree with anything you've heard? Don't forget to let the Etty lads know at Topical City Pod on Twitter.
0: And we're here with part two of uh, this week's to Topical City podcast. So we usually do a mystery game or a debate or something around this section, give uh, the other Eti lads who aren't hosting a chance to win some points. But obviously, it's just me and Cameron here today. So what I thought would what I'd do is uh, give Cameron his ultimate dream, and it's basically we're going to do a bit of a repeat of last week's mystery game, which was hot takes, where James and Cameron had uh, sorry it was me and James, wasn't it Cameron? Yeah, it was because you know I
1: came up with it. So
0: <laughs> <you> know, not <laughs> like I just, you've had
1: a week to come up with a new game.
0: <laughs> well, I figured I'd just piggyback off your shit. You know, same <laughs> as usual. <laughs> Why? Stop a habit of a lifetime, eh? True, true, true. So Cameron is going to uh, <laughs> Cameron's gonna give his hot takes uh, to me. Uh, any hot takes relating towards Manchester City, football in general. His aim of the game is to essentially just annoy the fuck out of me. And because he isn't competing with someone on who could annoy me the most, it's it's pretty much he's got an, an I've got an annoyed barometer. And you'll definitely be able to tell in my inflections uh, as time goes on, whether or not I'm really, truly pissed off. So I, I, I will judge this fairly, I guarantee you. And if Cameron reaches a certain point on that, Richard Barometer, uh, he, I will award him an Lad's point, but he, he does have to fight for it. So Cameron, are you well, ready?
1: Well, you say that because this is simultaneously very easy and very hard because you are the easiest person to annoy that I've ever known in my entire life. But at the same time, we agree on everything. So (laughs) I'm sort of at both ends of the problem here. I'm as ready as I am.
0: So uh, I was at the ground for a total of about five minutes for that Southampton game before. I was well and truly just over the whole fucking day. We got there a bit earlier to go to the summer bee bar. And immediately, so I asked for three pints of Amstel. The first pint they pour, the whole thing's off. Every tap he tries is just fucked up, and I'm like, "Oh, mate, it's it's fine. I'll have I'll have three Heineken." He said, "No, no, it's fine. You paid for the Amstel. I'll get you the Amstel." I must have been there for about fifteen minutes while wow. everyone else is getting served around me. All the tables get taken up.
1: I I've was... been trying to get into the uh, you know the new food places because they got like Northern Soul there, which is amazing. And if Northern Soul wanted, yeah, yeah, just, please go ahead. <laughs> Fuck me, the cues, mate. And I, I, I had to go in and out from the from the um, canteen inside city, so I got the sou- southwest chicken sub or something. Oh my god, <laughs> it's basically a loaf of the chewiest bread you've ever seen, where they've they've cut it down the middle, but like barely. You know, like when you when you've got like have you see it on TikTok those. Those videos where they've got balloons in balloons in balloons. Yeah. And they just put a knife across one of them and it splits. That's basically how deep it is. And then they they put two little tiny chicken goujons. Whereas in the in the actual picture, it looks like you know KFC goujons, but they're actually like these two tiny little goujons with a bit of lettuce, and then like somebody's like shat out some sauce onto it. And it is the worst bit of food I have ever had anywhere. <laughs> so I was just especially like that I couldn't get it on. so and then I had to put up with City's catering after that
0: so if anyone's out there is desperate to annoy the fuck out of Cameron withhold food from if you're trying to annoy me withhold drink (laughs) that's the the easiest way but you can't do that here Cameron so why don't you give me your first hot take and we'll see how far you you reach on Um, the barometer
1: I think that Liverpool are actually a likeable club (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, right. We are not having
0: another fucking Liverpool love fest, isn't Trent Alexander Arnold so handsome? Isn't Andy robinson Wouldn't you just love to be Andy Robertson's best friend, James? Fuck off, mate. You don't. You don't believe me. it. I didn't believe it last week. Right, I'm annoyed, Cameron. You've. I was. <laughs> right,
1: my actual. So here's the thing. I've got four... One of them is, is shite, so I'm not going to do it. One of them, I feel like, will win it for me. The other two, I'm not, I'm not sure about. So I'll start with the weakest one.
0: Yeah, we'll do the crescendo.
1: And to be honest, I wrote this before Tuesday. So it, you might actually agree with it. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> it's, it was that we don't need to buy a left back. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I, we just don't. Uh, we've got much more pressing positions. We've got backups. Now we've especially got that young kid who could fill in every now and then. Um, so we shouldn't go out and spend a shitload of money on a left-back again. So what, uh, what
0: more pressing positions do we have? Because you use positions plural there. So why don't you give me some positions that are more DM pressing than one that we've literally got
1: no legitimate left-back for? We need a new DM because is on his way out and Rodri is not quick enough. So, I don't want him playing every game. I would need a new striker because we've literally got no strikers.
0: Well, I'll counter your Wilson Esbrand with Romeo Lavia. If, if he can play, just slot into left back straight away, can Lavia not just slot into DM straight away? And then we don't need to strengthen there either.
1: Nah, DM's a more um, integral position. So, I would rather go out and spend a fuckload of money on one of the world's best up and coming defensive midfielders. Not that I don't want Lavia. I'd rather, at the moment, Rodri be third choice behind the new.
0: I love Rodri. He's so
1: fucking slow. He's so slow, man. He's so behind the play all the time. I love him. He's a great passer and a ball. Shocking going back. Um, I would rather we got somebody amazing for a load of money that we don't then spend on a left back and then have Lavia and and Rodri as well. Um, So I think that you don't need to spend as much money on a left back as you do somebody down the Spiney
0: team. Well, you have annoyed me because God. I disagree with you. And even after um, Tuesday's game, I, I, I still don't agree. I, I think that that's a very impressive position. I'd say on a scale of zero to five, you probably hit a three. Oh,
1: nice. That's pretty high already.
0: I, could, uh, I think I could get a bit annoyed. I think to win the coveted A-Lads point, though, you do need to get to five. Enough,
1: so- I'm going to get there with this last one, don't you worry. Well, we'll, we'll go, go, go for the next one. Right, next one. Uh, Richard won the Etterlands League last year by default. <laughs> by, is,
0: by default, do you mean because you and James were just so trash at it?
1: Yeah, uh, because we gave up halfway through and started putting on a shitload of stupid bets. But is that not
0: giving up? Weren't, weren't the stupid bets made to catch me up?
1: No, so... I think if we'd have tried, you know, if we, if we had to put these bets on. We'd have been in a much stronger position, and you maybe wouldn't have won it.
0: I don't know if you actually believe that, Cameron.
1: I fully believe that. I, I believe it, Mike. I'm showing it this season. Look where you are, dead last.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we're only like what six match weeks in, not even that yet. But
1: yeah, and we have nine points between us. You've got two, more. so uh, step your game up. Uh, maybe you'll get you'll win a proper one because currently you've got an asterisk next to your name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to be oh, fair, dear, I dear, did dear.
0: spend a lot more money than you guys did to uh, <laughs> to get to the top of that Etty Lads table. Why don't you check out the Fantasy League table and um see I how well you're week. doing
1: in that. Yeah, this you week,
0: it's, it's not won by weeks, though, is it? It's won by oh, the yeah. entire Brentford, overall
1: league. Brentford are moving on, and I've got three Brentford players, so we'll see where I am next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are they playing Liverpool this week?
1: Oh, fuck those, I not.
0: I think they are, mate. So yeah, I going to take some minuses on some transfers in there. Um, I'm, I'm mildly annoyed. I'd I'd say you you reached a two, more because I actually don't think you believe that. And if you do, then you're just lying to yourself. I won that absolutely fair and square. So, I was the best, consistently, like, repeatedly throughout that whole in every every aspect. Pretty much by every barometer, I won that. Oh, and Before also on top table, of
1: that, I kept taking points off myself that I shouldn't have been doing because nobody else ever lost place for making mistakes. So I'd have been a lot closer as well by the end of it. So yeah, maybe I'm the rightful winner. Of, I, I just kept falling on my sword for no reason. None of that this year. There won't be any of that going ahead.
0: <laughs> you did have about so, yeah. seven swords poking out of your back by the end exactly.
1: of Exactly. <laughs> so, you know. Well, you, you so hit, a, this, this, uh, hit a two. Cumulative? Is this cumulative? Like, it's two on top of the previous three. Oh, like are we just having a feeling towards the end?
0: It's it's a feel. No, you you just with each one you've got to hit the five. So okay. if anything, you're in the wrong direction
1: now. So oh no, I've I've made it better. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, here we go. This this will. I think this will do it. Right. Go on. I know the fuck out of me, mate. Please. City supporter services don't deserve the vitriol they get about tickets. Right. I'm ending the fucking podcast. <laughs> Uh, And this is it regarding getting into the ground on the day and season tickets at the start of the season. So go on, explain yourself. Why don't
0: they deserve the the vitriol then?
1: The people who worked in that call centre will have been told by some knobhead higher up, we're getting a brand new system in a week before it was supposed to be implemented. And now they are getting millions of calls per day of people moaning that they can't get a season ticket, that their ticket won't work, that they can't transfer their ticket to another person. And I will bet you anything that all the people who solve that issue don't work on the phone and work behind the scenes where everybody has to go off and um, work it out with another team. And then two days later, they get the same Not calling back, probably named Richard, moaning about his, <laughs> his ticket. If you can't tell, I am in that exact situation at this particular moment in time where I work, and I have a lot of empathy for the poor people who work at City that have to deal with these complaints over a system that probably got implemented four hours before it was supposed to work. So um, directly vitriol uh, towards the CEO who decided to implement something that close to the start of the season.
0: You know what, mate? I agree with you completely. Fuck. You're 100% right. I think that there are certain customer service representatives that aren't very good, but I think overall they're not at fault for any of the implementation and, and how shitty it's been. Um, they're not at fault for the miscommunication regarding season tickets release dates uh, for Citizens Match Day members. That's what I was so pissed off about earlier before the season started. As it turns out, I probably can't go to a lot of games this season, so it did me a massive favour. That's about 400 quid saved. But yeah, I don't think that they deserve anybody abusing any of the the Twitter handle and stuff like that. Where do you think that's going to get you in the long run? You know, I've worked in customer service for a long time, Uh, still do, uh, do fulfilment for um, a lot of sport-related stuff. I certainly wouldn't want the blame for any decisions that higher-ups made or that circumstances outside of our control so no I agree with that completely and if you are out there abusing a customer service rep then you know Need you're your entirely right. at fault so you haven't annoyed me there Cameron but I think we may have both just annoyed an entire fan base or
1: well I did five get you people really high, like at the start you were you were ready to terminate the call <laughs> so, Yeah, then, yeah yeah
0: if, if you were saying that the whole that we'd we as fans have blown the whole thing out of proportion. That there isn't a problem I would have yeah I would have reached a five but I also don't think that you would believe that I would have believed that no how was getting into the ground on Tuesday
1: perfectly fine
0: how early did you show up before the game
1: we literally got <laughs> in 20 minutes before
0: right okay Fair enough. There was uh, a lot of bugs a around uh, the ground where yeah. people struggled, but maybe it's certain well, People sections.
1: are struggling because they're not listening a lot of the time. I, I might annoy people. <laughs> I know some people are having genuine issues. But for instance, there was a group of lads in front of us, um, five or six lads, who were blocking one of the turnstiles because they were having trouble getting in. And the reason they were having trouble getting in Is because quite clearly the whole time this fella behind us, who's been waiting, has been shouting, "If you got all your tickets on one phone, go to the end queue." Yeah. And they were all just waiting in that queue, right? And then when they got there, they were like, "He was like, my tickets not working for the guy." The guy eventually worked out that there was like six tickets on the one phone, and they had to go to the end. And and it's just like I've been to two games now and had absolutely no problems whatsoever.
0: I wonder if that needs to be communicated better not by a steward shouting down the line in the queue, but prior planning where the club can send an email out to supporters and let them know.
1: Well, you say that, but my job does that a lot of the time. And then I get a call in three days saying, how do I do this?
0: And Absolutely
1: neat. People don't read things, basically. And then they're quick to blame everything else. Maybe just read what you've got to start with. And then if it's not solved after that, then you've got legitimate grievance. Um, but yeah, I think... It's not out of proportion, but I get a bit too upset about it, I think.
0: All right. Well, I'm not annoyed, but you certainly are listening at home. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you, at Topical City Podcast, uh, let us know just... At Topical City Pod, isn't it, on Twitter? Yeah. Let us know just how you feel about that. How, what, what are your experiences at the ground? Is Cameron wrong? Should I have been more annoyed? Uh let us know but either way Cameron I, I am sorry I'll have to deny you an Ladd's point here for this one what,
1: what if I've annoyed everybody else could I get one then I'll let's, deny everybody on Twitter for a point
0: let's get the proof and yeah I'll reconsider <laughs> at me <laughs> alright well we'll take another quick short break and then let's get into the Chelsea game the actual big one first big game of the season
1: We may be fans of the best team in the land and all the world, but sometimes life isn't always great for everyone. You can make life a little bit better for someone else by donating to your local food bank. Visit MCFC Food Bank on Twitter for more information and for their GoFundMe link.
0: And we are back. So this Saturday, it's the first really big game of the season if you ask me Cameron for this one. It's City versus Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have had a pretty decent start to the season. I don't know if they're the bookies' favourites, but they should be because they just look fantastic. Thomas Sucol's made some great tactical decisions in-game. You know, they've won every game so far and then drawn against Liverpool. And that was pretty unfair, to be honest, because Reese James got sent off in that game for handball on the line. Liverpool score a penalty and then Chelsea make some tactical decisions to keep them out. Are they the best team in the Premier League so far? Uh,
1: so far, yeah. This season specifically, yeah. Uh, they're scary at the minute and adding Lukaku has not helped um, at the moment. So they're, they're the team to beat uh, at the moment and sometimes that works better for us uh, where we're not quite in the crosshairs as much. Uh, but of course, the, the narrative on Saturday will be we're the best team in the country still in, and Chelsea have to prove something, even though they beat us three times in a row. Uh, but they, they are the team to beat at the moment. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm particularly confident.
0: Does Thomas Sucol have Pep's number as a manager, particularly with these two sides? You said he's beat us three times in a row. Is, is that The yeah. evidence is piling up, right?
1: It is, but it's also a bit hard to say because in one of the games that he beat us, we played nowhere near our first 11. In, I'd say in two the other games. One, yeah, in, in the other one, didn't play a defensive midfielder and it did play our way and just fucked us. I can't remember what the other one was, but I, I, I don't think we played our strongest 11 in that one either.
0: So there was the FA Cup semi-final, which we that we essentially fun. threw yeah, by, by playing the B team. And then there was the towards the latter end of the season on the 8th of May, uh, Chelsea beat us at the Etihad 2-1. But again, the team wasn't super shrunk because we were playing around a little bit, uh, giving some players on the fringes some game time before the Champions League final. But I remember us making a point in the podcast, in the build up to that final, that do we want to be? playing the B teams against Chelsea now? Like, is it not more of a psychological advantage and a motivational advantage for them going into the Champions League final if they've beaten us twice? And I remember James was like, was saying no, because we're holding cards close to our chest, et cetera. In retrospect, do you think that now that the record is building up, should we have gone for it a bit more in those games?
1: Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I was saying is, it's hard to say he's got our number because we've never played our way with our best team. So we can't let him continue it. Like We've seen it happen before, not in a, in a very similar way, not the same way, where Anfield just seemed like a place you could never go and win. Yeah. And the more it happens, the more it just seems impossible to do. So we can't let him continue to beat us. So if if we if I don't see at half 11 on Saturday the strongest lineup we can put out, which, as, as we said before, Kevin De Bruyne and Foden playing all game midweek would suggest that maybe we won't see that line-up. Um, I'll be pretty upset because I, I think we do need to be at our absolute best to beat them. And I think we can beat them, but only if we play our game. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100% get you there, mate. So you mentioned the lineup. Let's do uh, the prediction for then for that one. So... As the host, I'll do the prediction for this. So I'm going for Edison in net, Walker at right back, presuming that Stones and Laporte are going to be out. I think it's going to be a centre-defensive partnership of Diaz and Ake. And then I'd go Cancelo at left back. Now, you mentioned before about Cancelo being out of position for some defensive vulnerabilities in a couple of games so far this season. Would you do any different there? You think in Zinchenko or...?
1: I think I would prefer Zinchenko, but I wouldn't mind if we play a Cancello right back as long as we did classic DM cancelo, where he he got into the middle and he and he was doing what he was doing midway through last season. Um, who's there who plays right side for them? Reese James obviously runs up from the back, but is it Ziyech or
0: at the moment, Rhys James can't really get in their first team. To be honest, after a good start to the season, he's kind of dropped off, and they played him in their Carabao Cup game. So I don't think Rhys James is going to play. I think you're likely going to see um, Aspaliqueter and maybe um, is it Hudson or It's difficult to tell at that at that it side looked, for Chelsea. Looking at
1: the Spurs game, they played Mountain Havertz was like you know attacking mids behind Lukaku. And I think they sort of operate as, as wingers when the wing backs are back. So I don't really trust Cancelo against possibly Reese James specifically and Mason Mount, especially when Angelino had his number, especially when um, he didn't do that great defensively against Southampton. So I would prefer Zinchenko because I do think he's a bit better going back. But at the same time, if we're going to be, we need to be attacking, so we need our best attacking fallbacks. On, so it's it that one. If he either side, he picks, I'll understand why he picks that.
0: Also, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure Zinchenko's fit. I, I think yeah. he is he is on the um he is on the injury list. We'll have to wait and see for the press conference on Friday from Pep to see if um if that gets updated. So that's the defense for the midfield. I'm going to go with oh, Fernandinho. before we,
1: before we go on to the midfield. What do you think? There's even the slightest chance of a better playing? instead of Ake no because people are calling for it and I'm of the opinion like I understand trial by fire in it um, but it doesn't seem like the game especially when we're already three points behind them. don't seem like the game to we we already get fucked over by experimenting against them so I don't really want to put a youth centre back in. there'll be plenty of games that you can play down the line
0: so, well, I would be a pretty shit president of the Nathan Ake fan club if I didn't think he should start this game. So I'm gonna go for Ake, but mate, uh, it's my predicted team, but you do get one nominated change. Are you gonna take you it think, up on that?
1: No, no, definitely not. But do you think Ake will get bullied by Lucas? Well I'm a bit worried that he's not gonna be up to it with because has he played against like a top tier striker. I mean he played against Harry, didn't play against Harry Kane, he played against Sol on the mm-hmm. first day. Well, I was going to yeah. say,
0: let's let's cover that then, because one of the biggest strengths of City last season and one of the reasons why Diaz won Player of the Year was because him and Stones were effectively able to mark big strikers out of big games. Like Most notably, I'm thinking of Haaland in the Champions League. Um, they just completely silenced him. And i, I tell you what, I'll, I'll put the question back at you. Do you have the confidence of Diaz and Ake to do that with Lukaku?
1: It's very political and diplomatic of the Nathan Ake fan club. Um, I think they're going to have to worry about all three of them, aren't they? And Ake sometimes looks like he struggles marking one person.
0: He's out of position a lot.
1: Yeah, let alone worrying about Mount coming in or or, or on the back of Lukaku or Havertz making a run across the ass. So I think it's going to be a game where hopefully Fernandinho plays and he's going to have to have the game of his fucking life Uh, because those three going forward are are immense. And Ake, I I don't know if he's yet good enough or confident enough to to deal with that kind of front three.
0: If I was to pick out a vulnerability in the team, it's there for me. There and Cancelo, particularly that left-hand side, if if it is that combination, and it most likely will be. But I, I do think Fernandinho will play um, from the team that I put on our agenda, Cameron, I am going to correct this, and and I may oh, correct I it can't. again but as we build up to uh, as we build up to game day. But I'm going to go for a midfield three of Fernandinho, Ilkay Gundogan, and Bernardo Silva.
1: Wow! you mean the one change I made to your original lineup?
0: <laughs> is that what change you were going to make?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh man, I, I am well, sorry,
1: that is <laughs> snaky, absolutely <laughs> sneaky. Oh, so that there is you go. Well, we just spoke
0: earlier in the in part one about how KDB played for 90 minutes. Do you think he's going to play start off against Chelsea? And with the big games that we've got coming up against PSG and Liverpool, I just don't think so. So, you know, we're on the, at least we're on the same page. You said that we think alike a lot. We agree a lot then. I guess we agree on that, but you are going to have to <laughs> make a different nomination. <laughs> and then for a forward three... I think it's probably. I think this is pretty nailed on, in my opinion. I'm going to go for Jesus on the right, Jack Grealish on the left, and despite him playing midweek, I'm going to go for Ferran Torres down the middle.
1: Mm. Any any I, thoughts I,
0: on that? Is is that an area that no, you want lots of change instead? I pretty
1: much that that is a team that I would say uh, pretty much. Um, so much so, I'm I'm now really struggling to because I don't think KDB will play. I don't think Foden will play. I really don't think Mares will play. Uh, but I suppose if I was going to pick, and even Maris played the full game midweek.
0: So did Sterling play the full game too?
1: Yeah. I guess if I was going to make a substitution, I'll just switch what I said. You know, I'll pull the old Richard and I'll just switch what I said and say KDB for Gondwan, if only because he performs against Chelsea like quite yeah. often. So maybe he'll, he'll look at that and think we need him against that team. So I'll say KDB comes in for Gundot. But if it does turn out that Gundot plays instead of KDB, you may be in for a disciplinary pile. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, we've had it before, haven't we,
0: where we can change our mind up until the... This isn't locked in stone on the podcast. It's locked in stone when we confirm our predicted team just before the year. Uh... Snake.
1: Snake. Fabian <laughs> Delph. Jack Greenless right here without the calves.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been going to the gym, mate. The audience speaking can't see him, Greeners. but I will assure you that they're coming along just fine.
1: God, oh, speaking, scoring of, scorer,
0: speaking of carbs, out, Jackie, what are you going to say? Well, who do you think is going to score, right? Yeah, I, I do think um, I'm going to go for a predicted score here of 1-0 to City. I think it is going to be a bit more of a defensive game. I think you'll probably see Gundogan maybe more of a double pivot role. Can Cello play a little bit further back to help cover up Ake there and, and keep Chelsea out? So I think it's going to be a bit more cagey. I, obviously, I'm going to root for City. And so I think that with it being cagey, 1-0. And I'm going for Jack Grealish to score. I think that uh, he has had a good start to his Manchester City career. But it's time for him to really come on. And this would be a great job. Similar to The Centurion season uh, where KDB, we beat Chelsea, 1-0 at Stamford Bridge there. And it was that wonder goal where City was just, I mean, we bossed that game completely, but uh, it was that wonder goal from KDB when we are playing in that nice maroon kit. And I, I just, I want it for Jack Grealish. I want him to have that game. I want him to have that experience. I want him to announce his presence on the world stage. And I think this is the time for him to do it.
1: Speaking of that KDB goal, that's one of those goals that I have a very specific memory of, (laughs) because I remember we were in Blackpool at the Manchester pub, um, and (laughs) we were watching that game while we were eating there. And for some reason, they had they had it on telly, but they only had a black and white telly. (laughs) So you mentioned the maroon kit, and I'm like, it was in black and white to me.
0: It's Sky Sports Noir. That's the most Blackpool thing I've ever heard <laughs> is that they were you were watching the game on a fucking black and white TV because, of course, where else?
1: Uh, Grealish does look like he's... He feels like he's going to score every game in a minute, doesn't he? Like, it feels like you've got a, a good shout if you say Jack Grealish. So I probably would have said him as well, to be honest.
0: So we mentioned the Centurion season as well. This run of games that we've got seems very akin to that like week of hell that we had in that Centurion season where we lost to Liverpool twice in the Champions League. We lost to United at the Etihad when we could have won the league. The, obviously, this is a lot earlier in the season, but is it just, am I making a false comparison there or does this kind of have a feeling of this could be a make or break for, for whereabouts our expectations should be for City finishing?
1: I don't think you can have any expectations for where City finish anymore after last year. You know, what I mean, I think we could lose all three games and still end up nine points clear at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah. I, I and again, I, I said last week, I'm not worried about PSG. So, yeah, bring them on, bring them on. Liverpool, I always worry about because they're jammy as shit. Um, but I'm not worried about PSG. Uh, so I think we'll probably be all right.
0: PSG, I think we should be less worried as well because I mean. They drew with Club Bruges and, and not not because I think that's that's their level or they're in bad form or anything, but just because that's points dropped already. For me now, I think we can beat Leipzig twice. I think we can beat Club Bruges twice and that's enough for us to, to qualify. Even if we lose to PSG twice, I think them dropping points is really good for us
1: straight you'd, away. You'd have so, a shout at playing a weaker, weaker team then, wouldn't you? Like, just thinking, just for this one, like we need to beat Liverpool maybe don't play the first team against PSG.
0: I mean, out of the three fixtures, if you were going to play something more akin to the Wickham team where you're bringing in the likes of Sterling Mahrez, maybe a few young players to cover spaces, I mean, do you really want to be playing that young uh, back line up against Mbappe, Messi and Neymar that, though?
1: That's interesting, actually, that you said, because I did say this to when I was there and I completely forgot about it. Our squad depth doesn't feel massive at a minute. Do you, not, do you not think like when, when you think about positions and it's exacerbated by the fact that Laporte and Stones aren't fit, but when you do think about the positions that we've got, everybody always talks about what amazing strength and depth we've got. And at the minute this season, it don't feel, apart from in a couple of positions, it don't feel great. Like no, when have, once you drop down to a B team, there are a couple of youth players in there, I
0: think. We've we've lost a lot of players with injury, haven't we? Um you know what? I think the reason why I might have gone for KDB over Gundogan initially was because is, is Gundogan not also on the injury list?
1: I don't think not. I think not the injury really list out.
0: is it's pretty not. expensive and I think Gundogan might have featured on it as well. So maybe that's why I, I put K, gave KDB the nod.
1: I guess we'll find out in the press conference.
0: Well, I guess we'll... Yeah, I'll confirm my... Uh, I might backtrack again, mate, and we can do another <laughs> flip reverse. <laughs> all right, all right, Blazers squad. All right, mate. Well, I think that's it. So, I tell you what, I don't think we're going to do a pod for before the PSG game. I might be wrong, maybe we will, but let's get a bit of a prediction from you now. How many points do we take away from the next three games? That's the two Premier League games and the Champions League game.
1: Hopefully, nine, realistically, seven, and then the pessimist in me says three. <laughs> because yeah. uh, Chelsea and Liverpool are just too unpredictable uh, I, I, I'm not worried about PSG but those other two games could go either way depending on how Pep gets out of bed in the morning and <laughs> decides on his team so we, we're capable of getting nine I think realistically seven
0: yeah I, I think I I'd be happy would. with six I'd be more than happy with six but we'll, um, we'll wait and see all right, mate. Well, I think that's everything. Is there anything else you wanna you wanna discuss before we call it a day?
1: No, I love Zach Stefan. That's all I wanna say.
0: He had a cracking game against Wickham, and we are very lucky to have him as our backup goalkeeper. When he's uh... a, yeah,
1: I'll, be, I'll be miserable when Everton side him as number one when Pickford eventually does one mistake too early.
0: Is that just you think Everton because of the like American keeper connection first... with Tim Howard? But
1: first mid-table
0: team I thought <laughs> alright brilliant well thank you everybody for listening especially shout out to our Argentinian contingent
1: the fellow from hold on what was it called
0: Santiago yeah.
1: uh, I, I remember and I'm definitely not looking it up yeah, alright it's, right. it's, it's takes too long Sanji bye <laughs> everybody bye everybody Santiago del Estero. So when you edit it, just go, I'll go Santiago del Estero, and then just put that over it. I won't be editing it.